Good morning, Victory. How are we all doing? Oh, gosh. You know, I'm, I'm torn this morning. Uh, I shared last service. Um, this has been one of my favorite churches that I've preached in, and I say that sincerely. Um, you know, you probably hear that a lot, but for good reason. You know, big thank you to Pastor Mitch, Pastor Susan for welcoming me, you know, not even having met me before, but allowing me the platform to use the platform and to serve your people. And you guys have an amazing team here. You know, I'm truly humbled. Um, I felt the generosity. I felt the love. Most importantly, I felt the presence of God in this place. You know, last night I was in tears at the men's conference. You know, how about that? <laughs> Getting emotional at a men's conference. But, um, you know, where God's presence is, it, it tenderizes our hearts. You know, you'll cry if you have to. <laughs> but, you know, I'm torn because this is my last service with you guys, and hopefully Pastor will bring me back someday in the future. But, you know, I want to, I'm really changing my message up this morning. I'm, I really want to just pour in as much as I can into you guys. But before I do, um, I do want to introduce you to my family real quick. Um, I've got my wife, Ashley, up there. She's uh, 12 weeks pregnant next week. Um, so I'm excited to find out the gender. <laughs> but that's our son, Leonardo. Um, he's four years old. Um, he's a bundle of joy. It's, I was saying, it's hard to look at these photos because I look forward to seeing him tonight, getting his cuddles and his kisses. And he really puckers up when he goes in for those kisses, you know. <laughs> but um, gosh, I love him. I miss him. But I look forward to seeing him tonight. But, you know, I'm going to get straight into the word this morning. I'm going to quickly pray. But I really believe this word could be a game changer. Um, how many of you came today to, know, to hear a message, but not just a message, a, a game-changing message, something that you can take away and knowing that God spoke to me this morning, okay? God will meet you at your level of hunger this morning, guys. So, Father, we pray. We thank you that you are present here this morning. We thank you, Lord God, that you make yourself known through your word. We thank you for encounters with you through your word this morning. Speak to us and release a prophetic anointing that empowers us for new, the new things you want to do in our life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Last service, I talked about releasing your potential. If you, didn't, if you weren't here for the first service, I, I encourage you guys to, to get online, listen to that. If, if you've got CDs available, maybe grab a CD. Do we still do CDs today, or am I just that old school? <laughs> but today, I want to talk about the doorway to destiny. The doorway to destiny. I want to talk about seizing God-given opportunity. God is a way maker. We sang that song this morning. God is a way maker. How many of you believe that? That God is a way maker? God is a way maker and he uses the door of opportunity to open the way for new levels of destiny. He uses opportunity for us to step into new realms of calling, of destiny, and to move us forward. Amen? You know, when I think of a doorway, I think of a place of transition. It's a place of transition from one room or position to another. And I believe God is doing that here in this church, and I believe he's doing that in your life personally. He's getting ready to take us to new levels, new levels of destiny, new levels of influence. Okay, He's enlarging our territory. He's enlarging our sphere of influence. And I want to begin reading in Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verse 11. And I'm reading from the New Living Translation. Solomon writes, I have observed something else under the sun. The fastest runner 
doesn't always win the race. And the strongest warrior doesn't always win the battle. The wise sometimes go hungry. And the skillful are not necessarily wealthy. And those who are educated don't always lead successful lives. And this last part I want to really focus on this morning. It is all decided by chance. By being in the right place at the right time. It is all decided by chance. By being in the right place at the right time. In regards to success. Now when you hear me say success tonight. I'm thinking about success in, in, in light of how God perceives and sees success. I'm talking about fulfilling the call of God on your life. I'm not talking about fame or riches or status here, okay? In regards to success, Solomon states that it is all decided by chance. Now, I love that word chance. It's a very interesting word. Now, most associate that word with fate and luck, and there's an element of that. But at its core definition, the word um, chance means opportunity. Therefore, in regards to success, the defining factor is not education, it's not ability, it's not who you know, it's opportunity. Okay? Recognizing and seizing God-given opportunity. You know, I really learned this lesson several years ago while I was still living in Australia. I got connected with John and Lisa Bevere's ministry um, at late 2004. Okay, and I worked for them for several years. During those years, up to 2010, I had been believing for an opportunity to work in the U.S., to come over and serve John here in America and Colorado. I was praying into it. I was speaking into it. I even had opportunities to go and visit the office during those years from 2004 to 2010. I had opportunities to come and hang out, travel with John on, on ministry trips, and it was all falling into place. It was all happening. And at, at the end of 2010... We closed down our Australian office. Um, they were just going in a different direction. And they obviously, they, they loved me and they really, they didn't want to lose me. And they wanted me to still be a part of the ministry. And then at the start of 2011, I get an email from John. I get a call from the CFO here in Colorado asking me and to come over and move here and be a part of the team here in Colorado Springs. And, um, you know, wanting me to come over, sharing how much they just want me here. And I said... I, I, I've been praying for it about it. I've been, you know, believing for it. And I, I said to the CFO, I remember this clearly, like it was yesterday. I said, you know what, I'm just going to pray because that's just my habit. I want to make sure I honor God and give this to God before I make a commitment. But I know what the answer is going to be. Okay, so I'll call you back. And I remember that night I went to prayer because it was nighttime in Australia. It was day here. And I went to prayer immediately and there was a check in my spirit. I said, oh, no, 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 this can't be happening, you know. I've been believing for this, God. And I, I prayed through it. I said, you know, I'm just going to pray it out, pray through this. And I kept praying and praying. I started praying in tongues even, you know, hoping I could get some relief. And this check would not go away. And I had been walking with God long enough to know that you need to take those checks seriously. So I remember saying to God, you don't want me to go, do you? This isn't the right time, isn't it? And he said, no, I want you to stay planted in Sydney. I want you to stay planted at your church, which was C3 Church, Pastor Phil Pringle. There's C3 churches globally. But he goes, I want you to stay planted in church, and I want you to serve in the youth ministry. I said, okay. I remember I felt sick for two weeks. I remember calling John. I, I emailed back John. I called the CFO. I was gutted. I was like, either I heard from God or I'm making the, the most stupid decision I've ever made up until that time. And I thought, you know what? I've heard from God, and I'm just going to trust him. So I stayed planted in Australia. 
I, stay, I started serving in youth. I was passing an offering bucket around every service. I would turn up and set the seats up for the services. You know, there was probably about 30 kids turning up on a Friday night. I'd be part of it. There was Sunday morning kids. I will just be doing on food. For several months I was doing this. Just the menial tasks, nothing exciting, you know. It wasn't, and on the back of my mind, for several months, I think it was six to seven months had gone past. Nothing had changed except I was just turning up faithfully, doing what I had to do, praying, just going about my daily life, going about just the norm. And then all of a sudden, I'm at the gym one morning, okay? And I'm sweating on the, I think it was the elliptical, sweating like an Italian water fountain, sweat pouring out of me. And then I get this phone call from my campus pastor, Natalie. And I thought, you know what, I better take that. It's not every day you get a call from your pastor. So I collected myself, answered the call. And I said, hey, Pastor Natalie, how you doing? She's like, oh, hey, Chris. She had a real sweet voice, you know. She's like, hey, Chris, how you doing? Um, Quick call. Um, We need someone to do C3 News. Okay, for those of you who don't know what that is, it's the announcements on the screen, basically. So you go into the studio once a month, you, you, you record what's coming up in the life of the church, and then they play it on the screens in between, um, in between services. And so I got to do that. And I said, you know what, I got him, but I was almost going to turn that opportunity down because I thought my face is going to be on the big screen. I've never really spoken in front of people before. What if people poke fun at me? What if people don't like me? What if, you know, I've got a pretty ethnic Aussie accent, what if, you know, people just don't like the way I sound, all these insecure thoughts started bombarding me, but I remember someone telling me, if your pastor's asked you to do something, just accept it, especially if it's in your power to do so, just say yes, so I said, Natalie, I'll do it, (laughs) and then, uh, so I got into the studio, did all the tapings I had to do, and during these time, that time, um, that the, the C3 News was running with me on it, Pastor Phil Pringle, the senior pastor of the C3 Global Movement, um, would see, be seeing me on the screen. Now, what I'm about to share to you, I know because my campus pastor relayed this information to me. But during leaders, uh, pastors' meetings, Pastor Phil will be saying, there's something special about that guy, Chris, from the Silverwater campus in Sydney. He's got a call of God on his life. He's called to preach. We need to mobilize him. We need to, we need to position him to start stepping into his calling. I had no idea this was happening, okay? I just accepted an opportunity to serve my pastors something they asked me to do, and I said yes, okay? And behind the scenes, without me knowing, Pastor Phil Pringle is recognizing the call of God on my life and wanting to position me to step into that. And then I remember um, he he, um, commissioned our campus pastors to um, allow me to start preaching at our Sunday night services, and from there, doors opened up to me. I started being able to speak regu- on a regular basis at church. I, I ended up in youth leadership. In young ad- I had a young adults ministry. I was running that and running the youth. And I was able to travel and speak at different churches in Australia. And, uh, you know, I was flourishing in my calling because I seized the moment of opportunity. You know, I turned down one of the greatest opportunities that ever presented itself to me with the John Bevere opportunity. But then God opened a way. And then several years went past and God opened a way for me to come to America and and to eventually fulfill what I knew what was in my heart to work for John and Lisa. But during those four years of being planted in Australia, being planted in church, so much developed and changed and grew within me that I needed, there was maturity I needed to happen in my life for me to be able to make 
such a leap to a different country because it's not easy coming from Australia to America. Even though it's an English-speaking country, there was so much I was unprepared for. But, you know, during that time, God had equipped me enough to make the leap, to make the move to America and to be, be married, to be, become a father. It was amazing how he did it. But we need to see, in order for me to step into what I was called to do, I had to recognize how God was moving in my life. I had to recognize those moments of opportunity because it scares me to think that I almost turned it down. It scares me to think that I almost said no to my pastor that morning, she called, because of fear and insecurity. And see, no matter how gifted I was, no matter how skilled or prepared I was, had I not recognized my moment, I could have easily missed it. You know, again, opportunities are doorways to destiny. Success is the result of recognizing and seizing God-given opportunity. Look at Proverbs chapter 13, verse 12 in the message. Unrelenting disappointment leaves you heartsick, but a sudden good break can turn life around. I love that. Opportunity can come suddenly and unannounced. That's why we need to be ready for opportunity. Opportunity are life-defining moments. They're moments of impact that forever change the trajectory of our lives, okay? The moment we seize an opportunity, we're ushered into a new realm of destiny, a new realm of calling. So today I want to just impart to you on how we can be prepared, positioned, and perceiving of God-given opportunity. Are you guys ready for this this morning? Are you excited? Awesome. So the first thing I want to look at is being prepared for opportunity. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 2 in the New Living Translation says this, Be prepared, whether the time is favorable or not. Be prepared, whether the time is favorable or not. Opportunity rarely comes at a moment of our choosing. We can't pick and choose our moments of opportunity but we can definitely prepare ourselves for the reception of them. You know, we can't say, you know what, I'm going to wait till opportunity comes. Like, I can't say next week, that's when I want my opportunity comes. Because what if it comes today? What if it comes today for you? It can come suddenly and unannounced. So we need to be prepared. Many people, uh, when they don't see anything happening, they're not doing anything. It's like they're waiting for this big moment, this moment of impact, this big opportunity to present itself. But don't be one of those people that are just waiting around for opportunity. Be one of those people who are preparing themselves for opportunity. You know, I remember during that, those six to seven months um, before I got an opportunity to step into ministry back home, I was, I, God had put it on my heart, start preparing sermons. Start writing what's on your heart. You know, start getting it down. And I remember doing that, and I remember family and friends would be like, Chris, we see you writing all these sermons. We see you getting into the Word, praying and believing for opportunity. But when are we going to start seeing you preach? When are we going to start seeing you doing, actually doing stuff? And I'm like, I'm, I'm doing stuff. I'm serving. But, you know, I wasn't at the full capacity of what I knew was in my heart. But, they, you know, they, they kind of poked fun at me. But I said, you know what? I'm, nothing might not be happening right now, but I know it will. I'm just going to prepare myself for it. And you know what? That day came. And I was able to step into that moment confidently because I had prepared myself. You know, another example, 
I remember back home, again, in Australia, I was praying for, um, I had saved a substantial amount of money, and I was looking at potentially buying a home, um, an investment property, and I remember praying to God, like, God, you know, Sydney's market is so massive, and it's growing, and where do you want me to buy, and I heard very clearly, this money is for your wife. Now, at the time, I was single. (laughs) No potential prospects around at all. (laughs) So to hear that was quite alarming. But I knew the voice of God enough to trust that. So I said, you know what, God? I trust you. I'm not going to look at any housing at the moment. I'm just going to leave that money in savings. And God, if you're going to bring my wife, bring her. Come on. I'm ready. You know, two weeks later, my wife adds me on Facebook. She was part of our US office staff and she worked for Messenger as well and she got connected and they encouraged her to connect with me and I had no idea this was going on at the same time but two weeks later my wife connects with me. One thing leads to another, you know, and we got serious and I made the decision to migrate to America and I love being in America. I love this country so much. And, um, but had I not saved that money, and prepared myself for my wife and listened to God, there was no way I could be here today because it's expensive to migrate. I did it legally, guys. Okay, I came here, I paid my way. I, <laughs> I got my green card. <laughs> I got my fiancé visa. I did things properly. I followed protocol, but it's very expensive. And I needed that money. And for the first year I moved here, I couldn't legally work. I had to wait to get my work permit. Then I had to wait for my green card to clear before I could legally work. And thank God I had saved money because I could provide for myself, for my wife at the time because we were newlyweds. And, and I'll tell you what, I was, it was a stressful year for me because as a guy, you want to provide. You want to, you know, do things for your wife and bless her. But I'm like seeing those savings whittling down. I'm like, oh, no. But then right, when, right to our last thousand dollars. God opened up, I got my permit, I got my green card, and then the opportunity to get on staff at Messenger in the US opened up for me. But had I not prepared myself, (laughs) come on, let's give a clap up to God. The importance of preparation. Zig Ziglar says success occurs when preparation meets opportunity. Preparation, when success occurs when preparation meets opportunity opportunity. Ralph Waldo Emerson says this, people only see what they are prepared to see. Are you prepared to see the opportunity you're believing for? What if that opportunity stared you in the face today or tomorrow? Are you ready to step into it? Now, you may not always feel ready, but you know what I'm talking about. Are you ready to say, you know what, I'm, I'm ready to go to the next level. I'm ready to take that next step. You know, so many people want to get married, but are they preparing themselves for marriage? Are you taking dating seriously? Are you taking relationships seriously? People, there's so much people want to do. I I shared about releasing your potential in the last service. I talked about the importance of practice. So many, practice is actually paying the price for what you're called to do. So many people want to be doing what successful people are doing, but are you willing to pay the price they paid? That's the cost of preparation. That's the power of preparation. So be prepared for opportunity. The next thing I want to look at is be positioned for opportunity. Ecclesiastes chapter 9 verse 11 again in the New Living Translation says, It is all decided by chance, by being in the right place. Everyone say right place. By being in the right place at the right time. Opportunity is always connected to the right place. 
proper placement is one of God's primary purposes for your life. God made places before he made people. I'll say that again. God made places before he made people. And he designed those places for the people to flourish and experience success in those places. They were designed, they were uniquely equipped and wired to flourish in those unique environments. You know, the right place could mean the right country, the right state, the right city, the right church, the right um, occupation, the right job. You know, I, I shared the story earlier about how God told me going to the U.S. was not the right time at that time, in, back in 2011. But the right time came around in 2014. But had I not been positioned in Australia, there would have been so much I would have missed out on. There would have been so much mini ministry experience I, I would have missed out on that would then forfeit opportunities that would have presented themselves here in the U.S. Okay, we need to sometimes, sometimes the right place doesn't always feel like the right place too. Sometimes the right place doesn't always feel like the right place. And I, and I will say this, you know, and, and this kind of is tied to um, the whole preparation thing. God prepares us for what he's prepared for us. You know, we, we did a wilderness course at Messenger International and um, I, I, I do a lot of the course development and, you know, there's three things that stand out when it comes to fulfilling your calling. There's a promise, there's a process, and there's promotion. And between a promise and its fulfillment, there's always a process. And the process prepares us for what God has planned and prepared for us. And God uses that process to, to develop us for new levels. You know, we're always in process. We're always going from one place to another. Again, going back to the doorway, the transitional periods, okay? And God prepares us because he knows that we need to be equipped for what the more he has for us. And sometimes part of that process, again, is being in the right place. And for many of you, sometimes you think, what's my place here? I encourage you, don't just attend church. Get plugged in. Plant yourself in church. Those who are planted in the house of God shall flourish. Not those who are transplanted, not those who occasionally attend, but the, the level of plantation, if you will, I believe, determines how much fruit can bear in your life. You can bear in your life. Okay? How deep are your roots going? Getting connected in church and know your giftings. I shared about that last service. No, don't just serve anywhere. Think, how can I be of best service to this church? How can I be of best service in my workplace? How can I be of best service in my family? Success is always linked to a place. And I'll close on the final point, guys. Are you guys getting something out of this this morning? Come on. You know, sometimes when people are really attentive and really taking it in, they're quiet. <laughs> but... um. I just have to remind myself of that at times. But the last thing I want to look at, so we looked at being prepared. We looked at being positioned. And the last thing I want to talk about is being perceiving of opportunity. Ecclesiastes 9.11, once again. It is all decided by chance, by being in the right place at the right time. Everyone say right time. It is all decided by chance, by being in the right place at the right time. When it comes to opportunity, timing is everything. Again, I, I shared the importance of that. In 2011, it wasn't the right time for me to come here. But 2014, it was. You know, I seek God for a word every year, and I, I, I kind of look forward to it. At the end of August, I usually get a word. And um, I remember the word he gave me for 2014 was game changer. 
And it was definitely a game changer for me. You know, I changed countries. I got engaged. I got married. We got pregnant. <laughs> so I changed my migration status. And it was definitely a game changer. But I knew it was the right timing. And it was the right move. And I, and I obeyed the word of the Lord. And I was in sync with what God was doing in the right time. God works in times and seasons, phases and stages. And that's why we need to know the season we're in and we need to act accordingly in our season. Okay? Um, Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 1 says this, To everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. So everything in life is seasonal. Okay? You've got to remember that. And sometimes there's... there's I, I want to do life well, and I look back, and sometimes I feel like I didn't make the most of certain seasons. Like when I was single, I wish I read more. I wish I even saved more money. I wish I did other things, because there's certain things you just can't do when you're married, and when you're, you're a parent, you don't have as much time. You don't have the luxury to do, and there's so many times I wish I could go back and do some things differently, but I can't go back, but I can make decisions going forward, and, and I, even this season... I think I was talking to uh, Pastor David Nixon about this, just making the most of your children when they're young, you know, like this season of my son being four and just giving me kisses and cuddles. He may not always do that, you know, and I'll be welcome that even when he's 18. That's okay, you know. <laughs> but, um, you know, I definitely don't want to be doing certain things like changing diapers when he's 18, for instance. But, <laughs> but you know, everything is seasonal. Even the diaper changing season, it's, it's seasonal. It's it's only limited, okay? And that's everything in life. That goes for everything. Things are seasonal, and for every season, there's a right time to do things. You know, the ancient Greeks used two words for the word time. The first Greek word was the word chronos, which we get the word chronological. Chronos refers to the natural time, such as months and years, days and weeks, minutes and hours. But the second word they use is the word kairos, which has the meaning opportunity or the right season or the appointed time or the right time. The word often includes the idea of an opportunity or suitable time for an action to take place. Kairos is also related to the Greek word kara, which means head. A kairos moment is a time when things come to a head, requiring decisive action. So as you prepare yourself, as you position yourself and as you become perceiving op opportunity, there's a time where you can no longer, you have to be decisive because windows of opportunity don't always stay open for too long. You know, we, one of the saddest things is when you miss an opportunity because it may not always come around the second time. But thank God in his mercy, he does that. You know, I, I immediately think, amen, let's give it up for God. Come on. I immediately think of the children of Israel, the first generation who came out of Egypt. They were destined to enter the promised land, okay? It should have been an 11-day journey. Some scholars say a one-year journey. But they, they were destined to enter the promised land. But they missed their opportunity. 
That even um, Moses had sent out 10, 12 spies to go spy out the land. And they were like, you know what, we can't do it. Ten of them were like, no, we can't do it. They're too big. We're like grasshoppers in their eyes. But you had guys like Jacob and um, Caleb who were like, no, let's go in there. Let's get them. They're our bread, you know. But because of their unbelief, because of their disobedience, because of their complaining, they missed their opportunity. And they remained in the wilderness and they died in the wilderness. But thank God the second generation were able to go in and conquer. And that's what Joshua chapter 1, verse 2, Moses uh, is talking to Joshua and he says, uh, God is talking to Joshua and he goes, Moses, my servant is dead. Now, therefore, the time has come for you to lead. Joshua was preparing. He was in, always in the presence of God. He lingered in even after Moses had left. He watched Moses closely. He served Moses. Okay, but the time came for him to lead. And then he was ready. He was positioned. He was prepared and he perceived this moment of opportunity and he stepped in. God just said, you just be courageous. I'm with you. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. And I just want to declare that over you guys this morning. God is doing a new thing. God is bringing opportunity our way. God is taking us to new levels. Okay, we're moving forward. We're moving in leaps and bounds. I declare that over you. This church is taking ground and is moving forward in leaps and bounds in Jesus' name. Ask of me and I will give you the nations as your inheritance, says the Lord. Isaiah, and I'll close with this, Isaiah 43, verse 18, says, Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, or in other words, take a good look. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it springs forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. I love that. I will make a road in the wilderness. I will make a way where there seems no way. God is a way maker. And God uses the door of opportunity to open the way for us to step into destiny.